Hello, welcome back to Pro Try News. Our goal here obviously has been to put a little microscope on the underbelly of professional triathlon, and I feel like we've been kind of managing that the last 10 episodes or so. Um, but I think we want to go a little bit deeper and get a little, get a little more wild since we're, uh, we're 10 episodes into this thing. So today I'm joined by the King of Compost, Pat Lemieux. Hey, what's happening? Thanks, Kyle. The not so proper Englishman, Mark Matthews. Hey, Kyle. The people's champ, Talbot Cox, which I just got a message that he's, uh, getting a massage. So who knows what what that guy's up to it's been so stressful following Lionel around he's got to get yeah he was off. carrying a camera carrying the gimbal all weekend that oh the extra 30 pounds is uh it's such a prin- such a princess do you think it's a the nomad millennial triathlete i'm i'm getting your intro chelsea oh, sorry sorry gotta build up the height the nomad millennial triathlete chelsea burns hello thank you kyle and fresh out of lisbon portugal joanna brown made it out of prison you guys Whew. How was it? I just wanted Tell to us. know if Talbot's getting a massage with Lionel. No, he's back home. Oh. He's back home. Okay. Um, how was Joanna? Yes. We we didn't want to put you in any sort of precarious situations. Just want to put that out there that the goal was not to stir up anything, any drama or anything like that. But we felt like we were in a position to where we could help, and so. Yeah, no, all good. Um, no dramas. Um, definitely just sorted it all out on my end, you know, smooth things over. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to jump on quickly. And um, I have two really quick things to say. First is massive thank you to um, all the supporters and uh, Pro Try News and just getting breaking me out of uh, Lisbon, Portugal. It was a pretty fun uh, four days in isolation, um, but thanks to you guys, I made it out alive. And I'm in Boulder, Colorado now, getting ready, or yeah, for Tokyo, hopefully. So, um, just chipping away. And the second really important thing I have to say is it's Chelsea Burns's birthday today, everybody. Oh, it's a very happy special birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, are we gonna sing? Do you want to sing? No, we're not gonna. No, sing. that's gonna not play. necessary. All right. All right. Thanks for the interlude, though, to the nearly singing. That's right. I appreciate that. That's okay, right. Joanna, you have one less kidney now, though, correct? I do. Did you get the kidney removed in Portugal, or was it in the States? Um, it was in Portugal. I actually I actually got it removed um, to pay for my dinner that night. Uh, just a little black market action. Pulled it right out. I did it myself, actually. I had a knife, cut out a little <laughs> hole, pulled it out, got my Uber Eats, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, black market in Lisbon is the place to go if you have organs to donate. So, heads up for anybody. Airfare is uh, not super cheap, but you know, it's worth it. Wow. So your your kidney removal was able to pay for dinner, but it was not able to pay for your flight yeah. or upgrade you to business class. I must have pretty crappy kidneys. Nobody really wanted them. I think they're pretty probably still inflamed at that point. The uh, the kidney broker took one look and he was like, oh, twenty euro. So. Okay, so do you guys have two slots for the women? Currently, for yes. the Olympics yet? Yeah, so our second woman, Emily Kretz, had a baller race in Lisbon, shot up the rankings. She's sitting in 53rd right now on the Olympic list. So we have two men and two women. Um, so that also qualifies as a relay by default. You, you. Um, so yeah, she's racing in Leeds this coming weekend, um, trying to keep the points up. But yeah, we got another woman in there. Wow, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, buzzer beater action last second, but hey, this is triathlon, you know, stuff gets crazy, especially close to the Olympics. So we just had to sacrifice you losing a kidney so that you guys could get a relay team into the game. Exactly. I think basically. it was all part of the long-term plan. Yeah, I mean, this, this, just these few weeks couldn't have written them better. It was really, it was great. It all worked out in the end. Well, in a not so strange universe, heaven forbid you go and get gold in the Olympics, and then now we have this crazy backstory about. Ah, uh, Talbot. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Talbot just Press came in here and table. I think he's coming in here. I don't know what he's doing. Unreal, dude. Okay. Joanna, we got to get into I'm this because really, we got a lot of I'm, stuff. I'm really sorry what happened to you. 
we can talk about that in another podcast and we've already <laughs> established it a little bit. I don't want to rush out of this, but we've got a ton of racing we've got to recap. Yeah, you guys got some stuff to cover here. This is pro try news, not pro try just gags, Kidneys. You know? <laughs> we can't just sit here and joke around for 50 minutes as much as we love to do that during the week. You got stuff to do. Imagine how many downloads we would get, though. Uh, I think people want to hear about uh, some drama. So Pat's Pat's got it. Pat's got a full slate for us today. All right, so we'll get into results. Uh, Arzakena World Cup, first place, Jonathan Brownlee. Second place, uh, Adrian Bifford. Third place, Mario Mola. Alistair Brownlee and um, Mr. Bishop unfortunately crashed out. I don't know. Did you watch the footage from that crash, Mark? I don't know how you crashed going uphill, Pat, to be honest. What on earth? Already hit Alistair's wheel. I mean, it was like unbelievable so it was um, almost like a perfect storm of this situation and it was just like kind of showing you oh you shouldn't be having a domestique because it's just something's gonna happen that wasn't where i was going with it chelsea um (laughs) but you get you can have plus one in your column for your your argument there um i want to i want to really actually talk about johnny brownlee and how it looked hot there it, he hasn't raced well in the heat since he had his issue in Cozumel in 16. Uh, you could tell how elated he was with that win in a truly world-class field. Um, Johnny looked I mean, like that, a, was, that Johnny, was the Olympic Johnny, field. Johnny looked like a future gold medalist there. I mean, he yeah. looked absolutely fantastic. So. Did you watch the first lap? When he literally just rode away from those two boys. Yes, not superstars by any means but he made them look like ants don't talk about seth Ryder like that i mean seth Ryder's a good cyclist and i know he's a good cyclist which is why i'm even so much more impressed it was amazing i also thought it was really mature the way he didn't then plug on with that he didn't just dig himself into the ground to try and hold that gap he he, he rode a really mature race there i thought which was good yeah yeah unreal so I, I think that that was a warning shot for Tokyo, honestly. I mean, that was he looked fantastic. Aside from um, Schumacher being in the race, or uh, Henry Schumann being in the race, that was basically the entire Olympic field. Aside from him and Javier Gomez. That's literally the uh, only two people that weren't. Vincent Louis. All right, sure. No, what about, and where was Jake Burtwistle? There were definitely a few big guys. Missing. There were a few, a few ads. See, Kyle, Kyle, don't get Jacob hasn't Jacob hasn't given us a result this year yet because he DNF'd right. at Yokohama. So. That's right. No, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, you want to get into the women's race? Well, wait, wait, Mark, Whoa. Mark, you have any inside information with Alistair? No, and I'm also slightly afraid of Alistair fundamentally, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spill all of his gossip. He's a kind of scary guy. Um, so no, I've got no comment. I can't imagine he was chuffed though with the situation as it panned out, and I'm not sure his dreams are still alive for the Olympics. But hey, we'll see. And and is there any way that they can still get three men slots? Bishop I'm would okay. have to have an amazing Leeds race. Yeah, you're talking a podium. It's it's got a bit. It's yeah, it's a very very long shot right now. I didn't want to be Tom Bishop back at the hotel though. Ooh. Or yeah, luckily Johnny won, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see a. I, I um. You know what I'm hearing is that there's no pathway for Alistair to the games, and I'm hearing that for a couple of reasons. I'm hearing that for, you know, current physical standard that he hasn't met yet, and then also just you know they're going to not have a third spot, and they're going to have to invest in the youth. So. Yeah, this this weekend with that crash. Um, it'll take uh, it'll take a miracle in Leeds, I think, to to really change it, change the outcome. He also happens to be the nicest guy in the sport. I know we don't pick Olympians because they're nice, but I really do hope they pick that guy. He deserves to go. Doesn't so, he deserve. uh, how is there not between the two results that Alistair and Alex Yi have? How is there not enough points there to get three athletes? It's not. It's it's Johnny and it's it's Johnny Brownlee and then Alex Yi and you know the the other the three people they just haven't earned enough points to to qualify three men for for that spot. So they're just this was always going to be the problem with British try on the men's side. There was going to be this gap pure this gap Olympic year where there was so much focus for so long. I mean we're going back to 
until 2012 where there was so much focus on Johnny and Alistair and there was going to be a year where they paid for it, where they weren't looking at future talent, developing it, and then letting them in. There were so many years where they had the, the best of everything with the two brothers and we're seeing a, a consequence of, of them not going deep enough into, uh, into their development pathways right now. Yeah. Well, we got we got a big race this weekend, so a lot to still be determined there. Uh, women's race: Marlene Gomez Islinger got first place, ran a sixteen fifty nine. Second place: Julie Duran, and third place: Verena Steinhauser. Yeah, I th- I don't know if we have. I don't have too much to say. I think that there weren't a bunch of big names here. Um, yeah, I honestly didn't even watch it. It was two th- two thirty a.m. Both the both the men's and the women's race had uh, Swiss Swiss athletes in second place. I know this is going to drive Talbot nuts, but can we talk about a little bit about what's going on with the U.S. men and the impact of the results? Kyle, you just rolled your eyes. Oh man, I saw that. I mean, wh- wh- how do we think they're going to pick the team? What's going to be the call this week, or do that are they just ignoring? Are they ignoring Arzakena? It seems like they're ignore, gonna, going to ignore Arzakena look at leads a little bit, but we're hearing, we're getting intel that they're really only looking at Waltuco now. I think they'll consider Arzuchena for sure. I think the fact that, um, Matt got fifth. Matt got fifth. I think Matt was already, Matt didn't really have too much to prove at that race. I think it was more of a Kevin McDowell, Seth Ryder, Ben Canute battle. And yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, they didn't, they we don't didn't need to talk about Ben Canute again if you don't want um, I, I'm still going to have my same, we don't want to have the same argument every single week. So we'll, we'll continue. We'll continue on. So Pat, you're still on the domestique train. I believe that's the only pathway for the U S men to earn medals. I don't know. I, I, I'm done saying names because I don't want to make any enemies or anything, <laughs> but at this point, I just don't know where how you pick anyone other than Kevin and Matt. The I don't disagree with you. The issue is going to be the formula in the the process and how they pick the men's team is going to be different how they pick the women's team. And I think that's going to be the biggest problem. And then the outlier that you have in this whole process this time around, which you didn't have in previous years, is the relay. So it's are they metal potential in helping the relay or are they metal potential in helping the individual or both? And I think that's going to ultimately be the biggest thing that, that, uh, that, that changes all this. So let's, I don't disagree look. with you. I think that, I mean, Ben had a shot to make a point for, I guess, make a case for himself by having an amazing yeah. swim, going in a bike breakaway. He didn't do that. Yeah. I think I know. he I beat know. Matt I out know. of the water and Matt got in that first bike group and he didn't even yeah. get in it to begin with. I know. So he's... No, I, 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 Chelsea, you and I are fully aligned there. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Mark, Mark, give us an update on the Challenger Ace this last weekend because we don't know any of these long course names. Wow. Well, I mean, I've only really come on the podcast to to sort of berate Anne Haug for putting gloves on when she got on the bike and making me look a fool. I will point out she's the only one that did put gloves on, but Pat was right. There was a case for putting gloves on, it would seem, even though no one else did it. Um, So I I was wrong, Pat, and I, I shouldn't have spoken out on that. However, I did call the situation with Imogen. So we'll go women first. Um... Basically, Imogen Simmons and uh, Lisa Norden got up the road and started working well together. Uh, Lisa, though, ha- suffered a bit of an asthma attack uh, on a climb and she dropped out of the race. She seems to be fine and she's just put herself on the start list for her first Ironman, which is Iron- going to be Ironman UK later in July, hopefully. So uh, she's clearly bounced back. She's looking to the future. So that's what happened to Lisa Norden. Uh, Imogen Simmons, sorry, on the other hand, uh, carried on on the bike, rode really, really well. Um, and then Anna Haug uh, came into transition and I believe took a one-minute penalty for an infringement in transition. But then she completely lit up the run um, and caught Imogen with about 200 metres to go, sealing the win. After Imogen Simmons, there was a pretty massive gap back to Maya Starge-Nielsen and um, Laura Siddle, who sort of had a, a, a 
attempted comeback to racing and she took home fourth. So Anne Haug running an unbelievable 114. Imogen Simmons almost snuck the win. We could have ignored the Glud situation, but she let me down there. Uh, in the men's race, Frederick Funk um, went off the front of the bike. He's he raced Grand Canaria. He's been racing back on the scene quite a lot and he's an absolute bike beast. He made the front pack with um, Patrick Langer's group sorry, in Grand Canaria and then he held off on the run, actually running away from some really quality athletes. Uh, Jan Stratman ran himself into second, but if you look at that gap, he was 4.36 back. Uh, and then Maurice Clavel, who's finished third here a couple of times, I think, so far, finished a further five minutes back. The only name missing that had a bit of a mare from this day was, um, well, two really. Ditlev, uh, who was sat in second on the bike, riding really, really well, holding funk. He punctured. And the other one was, what happened to Sebastian Keenley? Finished ninth on the day. So, yeah, that's how the race panned out, guys and girls. You know, Mark, we didn't talk about this, and I and I reflect back on last week's podcast, and I wish we would have. Um, U.S. athletes kind of got their butts whooped in mm-hmm. Tulsa. Yeah, I see this race with the men's list, who I in the top five. I really didn't know anybody. Uh, there seems to be a depth coming from Europe right now, uh, and they seem to be a little bit only, stronger than in years depth, past. But but. but a Young death. but a youth, a youth, right? And and so, what do you what what do you attribute that to? And is that a sign of things to come? And is it gonna really? Is it gonna? Is it gonna? Do we see a lot of just EU dominance in the sport of triathlon for the next few years? I mean, EU fundamentally have dominated the long game, broadly speaking, for many years. Yeah. You know, the Germans in Ironman. Um, some of the Brit women have also picked up the mantle for uh, Ironman as well, but I, I think that I think it comes down to the strength and the focus of cycling in Europe um, that's allowing these athletes to perform so well over the long distance racing. Time trialing as a sport and the attention to detail for time trialing and the passion for it and the passion for cycling in general really favours the long course over just the pure triathlon that, you know, you're seeing a boom in USA in terms of the ITU racing. So I think that um, maybe it's slightly more popular here. It's a slightly more friendly sport. You know, riding is a, is a more pleasurable experience riding in Europe than a lot of areas sure. of the US. I know um, Chelsea and that living up in Boulder are living the dream, but elsewhere, I really think it comes down to the cycling. And I think it's also seen as a, a more natural progression for the ITU crowd. European athletes seem more willing to move from the short course to the long course racing, whereas in some of the other nations, it seems to be you follow the Olympic dream. Once that dream dies, you stop trying you stop. or you, you leave the sport, yeah. um, which is fine because there are other careers out there. But in, in Europe, it does seem that these people are moving across quite a lot. But yeah, the strength and depth on that men's side is ridiculous, eh? Yeah, I mean, and obviously we're seeing a lot of kids that are 23, 24 that are monsters on the bike and and even very very competitive on the run so um one one thing i did want to make note about this race mark might know a bit more i tuned into the live stream they swam the first half of the swim and then i want to say it was probably an 800 meter to the second half of the swim they actually ran across this bridge across this river through this kind of forest stuff and then went into a whole new lake. Do you know how long that run was? No, I, I actually don't know how long it was, but it's um, it's kind of a unique it, situation. It took a, I timed it. It took a, bit, a minute 40 for them to make it to the second half of the swim, which is it's, so it's, that's pretty come, interesting. Yeah, it's just a could, hell of an Aussie exit. <laughs> so it could, be, it could be close to 400 meters that they ran. Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. It's interesting. I like that kind of thing. Anything to, to spice up... The, the, it also helps break the swim up a little bit which I think is it's always good to see because it then spreads the bike out well it was definitely a beautiful course and to add on to our notes on here Sebi I don't know it's t- two rough races for him but it's too early to call the guy's still one of the best in the world and I think that he still has a few more performances under his belt I think that he just needs to get his feet under him he's a soon to be dad um and he's done like three races in a month. Like at some point, he's got to get his head down and start training, get ready for Kona and stuff. Yeah, and which oh, is mad. Knows what he's three doing. races in a month, straight off the back of an Achilles injury. You know, he was posting, yeah. "I'm injured. I've got an Achilles injury." And then the day later, he's on the track doing a track session, and then three days later, he's racing. And then he races two more times in that same month. 
I don't know whether that's chasing fitness or whether it's racing yourself to fitness. I'm not sure we've seen the end of Sebi. You know, he was incredible in Frankfurt um, not so long ago. But yeah, I think I think until he sorts these running injuries out, I'm I'm not going to be picking him for any race wins, especially with Pat. Like Pat says, the strength and depth is just too much. You know, you can't get lucky anymore. If there's anyone who's the most consistent athlete, I want to say almost in history in Kona, it's Sebastian Keenly. So I know just look forward to him. Be ready that he won't tow that start line unless he knows he can be a chance for the win. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a Kona. Yeah. All right. Crank All right, Girona. Crank through this one. Girona, the, the, uh, now it's the Sam Laidlow uh Sam Laidlow classic since it's not since Cam Worf decided he wanted to drop back down to fifth place after onto the run. Yeah, I won't. We won't spend long over this race. It's a bit of an unusual one. It was only really came to the scene because of some PTO money and some bloke called Cam said he was going to turn up and Talbot got excited. Um, I will say this one I redeemed myself and I did call the Sam Laidlow win comfortably. Um, he's his pads fell off his bike at ninety k, so he rode a lot of that on the hoods. But anyway. Cam did his usual thing, rode off the front. Sam Laidlow and a bunch of others ran him down. It looked like a hard day out, slow times all round. But Sam Laidlow's the real deal. Watch out there. Uh, and then the women's race was a, it was a juggling battle for the for the lead. Um, and eventually Emma Billum, who who either is really very average or exceptional, she's won in I think she won Ironman Ireland a while ago. Um, she won it comfortably in the end, running a sub three hour marathon, followed up by uh, Judith Vaquera and then Nikki Bartlett, who was my pick for the win, but she didn't quite pull the run time together I was hoping for. So yeah, um, a few big names there, but uh, I don't know, Cam Worth's crashing and dying on the run was the highlight for me, though he took it in stride. I don't know about what Pat thinks, but I'd be more worried if Cam had run well. You can't sit as domestic in a taste... Um, UCI stage races all day on the front, day after day after day, and then squeeze some run training in. It would have worried me if he'd run well, to be honest. I don't know what Pat thinks. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You can't, you can't be, uh, you can't do both. I mean, you gotta no. either be, you either gotta be a cyclist or a triathlete, and and you, you know, because you're so fit, you can show up to an Ironman and be fifth, but your your swim and your run will have suffered because of it. So, uh, yeah, his swim, he came out of the swim like 30th place. Yeah, yeah but it was I mean, only like a minute 30 down. He actually swam surprisingly well, there. but his run was horrendous. Yeah. So, I'm, I was yeah. almost glad to yeah. see it because I like Cam, but that would have been impossible. Yeah. Let's, um, let's get to Ironman Cairns and then I think we've got to just, we really, all right, dig, preview for this weekend. Leads. Yeah. Hit us. Preview for this weekend, Ironman Cairns in Australia. I got an ocean swim, point-to-point bike, couple of climbs, four loops on the run. Pretty, uh, pretty hot day. Seventy-eight degrees, twenty-four degrees Celsius. Uh, Max Newman, defending champion, he's racing. Also, Amelia Watkinson, uh, Tim Van Berkel, Josh Amberger, Tim Reed, Renee Kylie, Rebecca Clark, Kylie Simpson. All, um, I don't think any Americans are going to this race. I'll give my thoughts on this race. May the best man and woman win. All right, let's go on to Leeds. WTS, say so they rebranded. It's WTCS now, correct? It's championship series. Is it really? I'm also. I think it's also World Triathlon instead of ITU. It's not exactly easy to remember yet. Oh, yeah. sorry. So, sorry. anyways, they've, they've big gone race through, happening in yeah. Leeds. Before big we big race st- happening in Leeds. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Sorry. You're good. You're good. All right, big race happening in Leeds. Another bubble. No training on Friday. 5.30 a.m. departure for bike familiarization on Saturday. It's a lake swim. Have you done this race before, Chelsea? Yes. A different course. They changed the course in COVID times that they can't head to town. So it will all happen in this big park. But I've done that swim. So the park, how hilly is the bike? Yeah, it's a sizable hill. It's usually something you mount your bike on this hill. We talked about this a bit last week. And just ride up it out of the course and or out of the park into town. You don't see the park again, but they will have to do that hill nine times. Um, it will definitely, I think, be a factor, especially on that first lap. Um, I think it will affect our front group, which everyone is pretty eager to see what happens with that. With some big names like your long curl, long course girl Lucy, and then our our ITU swim bikers are there, so. They also have to run up it on the run, on the first lap of the run, basically get out of the lake area up to what is another transition, I believe. 
and then it'll be a flattish run once they get out of the park or out of where the hill is. So two transitions. I believe so. Yeah. Well, we have a massive start list. Can we talk about can we talk about what I learned about the cones? And this went came from the top. I'm not going to Yeah, there was it. no cones at Arzacana, okay. so you didn't you didn't have any cones. I didn't there. lose it there, but the rest of the time what they the reason why they do these cones and they split the course is because they want to be able in the case of a crash or an emergency vehicle needs to come on course, they still want to be able to keep the race moving. So, so it's really just a secondary barrier to make sure... It's a secondary can... pathway for emergency vehicles. Now, do I believe it's necessary? Mm, probably not, but is that a good reason? Yes. So, um, I still think cones are very dangerous, but I will cease talking about them. I want to put on... A, I've got my tinfoil hat on right now, and I want to talk about this... Leads race, if that's okay. I want to go conspiracy theory for a minute. Go on. Love on, this. On who? The I'm men ready. or the women? I want to start with the women. Is that okay? Right. Is that okay, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Are we all putting tinfoil hats on, or is it just you? I think you. You guys can decide if you want to put them on after the after I give my thoughts, and then you can decide. So I wish the listeners ha- could see this PowerPoint presentation you've made for us. That's right. Is- that it's all behind me. So let's let's just scroll down. We've got we have the entire. Uh, Let's see, we've got Jess Learmonth going to the Olympics, Vicki Holland going to the Olympics, no Georgia Taylor Brown. I'm telling, I'm, my conspiracy is that I believe she might be injured and not able to go to the Olympics, which I would not wish on anyone. But I think what they are looking at, they're looking at a Lucy to potentially be a domestique. They are looking at Beth Potter to potentially fill in for Georgia Taylor Brown, and I think what they're what we are demonst- what we are seeing here is that any and all options are and even non Stanford. I think that they've got any and all options still available. So Jess and Vicky, as part of the GB policy, still need to prove fitness. Johnny clearly proved fitness in Arzacana. I think they're going to be looking very heavily at leads for athletes to demonstrate fitness for the Olympic Games. So my conspiracy is, is that I think essentially the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight women that are on the start list, all of them have a chance to go to the Olympics still. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> He's bought in. You made that so Thomas fast. Calvin's got his tinfoil hat on. Do you have? Do you have something to I add? Might, I might. I might have to message Georgia Taylor Brown and see what's going on. Um. So that's that's what I think. Now, do I think certain people are going to be able to pull off certain parts of that job? I don't know. But what I do, what I do believe is that uh, I. Th- I think it's weird that Georgia's not racing, and I think it's possible that uh, that they would look to somebody like Lucy to. She's going to have to have a big result to come into the top one hundred and forty in the rankings, but I still believe it's possible. So, lots left on the table for the weekend, but that's what's on my mind. I have a question, Pat. If you were Georgia Taylor Brown and you were a little had maybe a little niggle or you were a little bit sick, would you race? No. We would just re- get ready but, for the Olympics. But what I would be, what I would recognize, what I think, what I believe it's important to recognize is that she has, she has not raced this year, correct? Correct. I'm, I would be nervous if I was the other team and she hasn't demonstrated fitness. So if I was on, if I'm any, if I'm, I guess if I'm picking teams or looking at teams and this goes to like, even with the U.S., I'd be diving into their training peaks, understanding how fit they are, what are they actually capable of. Um, and I think it's, it is worrisome that if you have an Olympic year and you don't have athletes racing in an Olympic year, I think you can under-race them, but I still think you have to race. I just think Georgia Taylor-Brown is probably their best medal threat. I yeah, mean, she's, maybe she, she's so, better. I think she's more likely medal than Jess or Vicky. 
I hundred percent yeah. agree. I would give her. I think she has a wide variance. I just when I look at who they brought onto the start list, and typically GB does not have an appetite to overfill start lists, even at home events. This is a start list that they put everyone on it that they could, and I think the gloves are off. And they're. And you think there's a deeper meaning here? I'm reading it. I'm when I saw the start list. That's immediately what I thought. I thought. I thought. Yeah, they've got a. They have a part in their policy that says you the athlete has to prove fitness they're going to take liberty with that i mean she said she didn't want to race yokohama because she didn't need to so i guess we'll see if she says something in regards to but now you don't have a wts race y- anymore yokohama the rest a little, of the year yeah i mean yokohama is a little bit different story because the travel is uh, it was and the whole situation was terribly inconvenient so I'm gonna. But now it's a hometown race. But now it's a hometown race. So I'm just, again, Talbot, you have your tinfoil hat on. I have my tinfoil hat on in spirit. Um, when I saw this start list, that's immediately where my mind went. It's Mark, good. what are your thoughts? I think it's a, it's one of those hail mary predictions where if he pulls it off, we're all gonna worship Pat as being sort of the oracle. But if he doesn't, it you know. We won't know about it for months to come and we'll have forgot about it. So I think he just gets away with making this wild prediction. It's a really interesting observation, though. Really interesting observation. I like it. It makes a lot of sense. And and Mark, the stars have to align on the athlete side, right? Lucy Charles Charles would have to demonstrate that she's the world's best domestique. Beth Potter would have to win the race. Like, the athletes that I'm saying okay this is what i think could happen they they have to they have to go and make the spotlight shine on them so clearly to say look yeah. i am ready for the game so that's you you've got a lot of you have a lot of stars that that have to align and i don't know that they necessarily will but the only reason why these athletes are all on the start list is because something happened yeah, I just for a second on that, I agree with Chelsea. I'm not a huge believer in domestics really being that effective at the drafting events. And I don't think GB have had a great history of it. They've not used them multiple times in Olympic races. They've taken people who've done absolutely nothing. You know, they've been dropped by their principles. And then lastly, British Triathlon's a real clicky organisation. I know the rest of the world's uh, Olympic governing bodies have cliquey organisations. But British Triathlon also govern the long-distance athletes in the UK, and they pay them no attention. Getting any access to any facilities, training, any support, nothing at all. They they, they basically don't like people coming into their area. So it'd have to be a miracle for Lucy to be accepted enough to get an Olympic slot. I, I just don't see it. But one of the others, like Beth Potter, hey, why not? I'm gonna just say I'm gonna close in here by saying one thing. There was one person. I feared more than anyone else in the sport of triathlon when my wife used to race in it. That was the high performance director of Great Britain, Ben Bright. I do I do not want to compete against that guy. And so uh, I'm maybe giving him more credit than he deserves, but I know that he's one crafty fellow. And when I saw that start list, it's got Ben Bright's name written all over it. Also, though, they're starting seven men, too. It's not like just a women's throw-them-all-in type of situation. They're throwing everything they can at this men's race, though, so that they can get a third men's slot. No, it doesn't work like that. It's it's the individual has to to move up the ranking. It has to be Bishop. Here's my prediction. Beth Potter does not win the race. Lucy Charles does not demonstrate she is a suitable domestique for Tokyo. Georgia Taylor Brown medals in Tokyo. Yeah. I like it. It's tough to get. Medals in Tokyo, so we're not calling her for gold. We're not calling her for It's challenging. Look, Chelsea, it's challenging to disagree with you. Um, I like your conspiracy, though. It's certainly interesting. Your conspiracy makes it interesting, yes. especially if what happens this weekend, say half of these Great Britain girls make top 10. The, the issue is going to be, I think that the, I think Jess and Flora are going to come off the bike with three minutes, three and a half minutes, and it's going to be a run race after that, and I don't. I don't know where Beth will end up. I think Lucy will be in the second group. And 
I think it's going to be a race of who's left in the front. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this race. I'm, I'm really, really excited, much more than I was for uh, Yokohama even. Can, can we talk, Chelsea, can you give us an understanding of the weight of what's going to happen between Taylor and Katie at this race? And what are we? Yeah, do that's we, what I was going to ask Chelsea. Do, is, do does we, it come down to this race? The, so what I, but Talbot, what I want to, and Chelsea, I think what you're going to get to is, is what happens if they're first and second versus sixth and seventh? And how much do, is this race even going to actually have any merit to it? So the way I would kind of see it if I was a selection committee is I think Katie has everything to lose. I think they need to see that Katie goes and performs like the athlete that she was in 2019. If she has another 20th, 30th place bomb like she did in Yokohama, I think it's going to be hard to select her. But I think if they're 6th and 7th, if they're 1 and 2, it's got to be Katie, right? Um but, yeah, I, I don't think that there's anything written, like, you get this, you get the spot. Yeah, what I don't, but what the audience, what we have to make clear with the audience is, is it's most likely not a case of, of the two who wins in Yoka, in, in Leeds, rather. Correct. There's no, there's no merit to that. There's still, all they're doing is really just de- demonstrating fitness, potentially, and their path of improvement towards uh, Tokyo. Correct. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not first one of those two across the line. Kirsten Casper's also right. racing. Say she beats them yeah. both. I don't think they're taking her to Tokyo. Yeah. It's a pretty different race. I really think yeah. that they're unfortunately looking pretty heavily at, okay, is, can Katie be the Katie that we saw in 2019 and the Katie that we think is it could be a medal contender in Tokyo? And yeah. if they see well, that, I su- think she'll be an easy they, pick. Yeah, what USAT did was they're trying to buy time, I would I would think, and at some point that the time is going to run out and they're going to have to make a decision. Right, I agree. Um, and it's after this week. So the, it's this race this week, and then next week is... Yeah, I think so the window, I think, closes... Yeah, so I think the Olympic window closes... Yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. So there will be... The following weekend, they'll have Hatolko, and that will be the end of the period, but they have until the 18th of June, which I think is maybe five days after Hatolko, to make their decision by. So they still have another 12 days after Leeds to decide. Well, I'm looking forward to watching Florida race. We haven't seen Florida at the top of her game. Me too. In quite a while, and I'm sure she's in uh, peak form for the Olympics, not injured or anything, so I'm really looking forward to uh, yeah, seeing her answer. give it what a master class. Is Chelsea going to make predictions, giving us long course boys made our predictions, or is she, she keeping her powder dry? I don't know. I would. I, I think your prediction of Jess and Flora off the front, maybe someone else in there is kind of what I'm thinking as well, especially on this course. It isn't terribly technical. Leeds is traditionally pretty technical through the town but there's only one dead turn i think we all saw lucy charles's transition and cornering practices on youtube so she shouldn't need to employ those master class u-turns too many times because they only have to do one of those per lap but i mean i i could see her being up there with flora and jess obviously yeah I, i'm not gonna make predictions though it's too stressful okay there's no katie or Taylor are on the start list for Hatoko. So, right. I think that it, a decision has to come from this race. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's not really a reason to keep racing them, I don't think. Especially fly them over to Mexico. They're both Europe-based. It would be ridiculous. I think my Kingma is going to go off the front with Flora and um, maybe Jess Learmonth, and then... It'll be a run race between those three for the women's race. Yeah, we have no Taylor Nib again, so that will be unfortunate for our American bike fans. Should we do? Should we get into the men's race? Does anyone have anything else to add for the women's race? Just that I'm excited to watch, just like Talbot. Yeah, desperately. Woo. Women's race starts at 8 a.m. Eastern time. If you're in the U.S. Are they different days? No, same day, Sunday, June 6th. And then the men's race, um, obviously there's a lot of drama surrounding the Great Britain team. They have seven men racing. So 
a lot of drama there. Also, the French have a pretty big start list, and Javier Gomez is making his return. They did have a... I wrote this in the notes, but recently the UK has been put on some banned list, I think, by various countries. They've got a new COVID variant that I think is scaring people. So I did hear a few people pulling off last minute because they wouldn't be able to travel out of the UK back into their countries. Maybe, Mark, you know about more about this, but... I hope that doesn't take some names off last minute, but I did see a few people who wouldn't be able to go because of that. Yeah, a couple of European countries have uh, popped us on a red list for what we're uh, referring to as the Indian variant, um, which is actually quite heavily focused around not quite this area where the race is being held, but it is the area that's been held. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly because it depends on what exemptions are given out. So uh, the French were one that have put us on this list, so we'll have to see if that affects the French teams at all. Um, And then the Italians as well, but I think the Spanish are still all good. Um, I'm pretty sure the Scandies are all good. And it also depends if these athletes want to race this, then go and do a quarantine somewhere else in a different country and then return home. So, yeah, I hope it doesn't affect it, but um, we've had a little blip. So, yeah, we'll see. And the only Norway athlete that's racing is Christian Blumenfeld. His fifth race in four weeks. After bombing last week, hey? He's a little tired. Seventh, seventh place. Seventh Hardly place. I wouldn't bomb. consider it bombing. Ah, for, for Christian, that's a for, bomb, for surely. The, for the big dog, that's a that's a big bomb. Um, men's I'm men's gonna US. Say, I'm going to say it. Johnny Brownlee's going to win again. Whoa. He's got nice. Mr. Momentum on his side. I mean, he, he's he's just crushing it. He just he looked he looked so good to me at Arzakena. This is like, this is his actual hometown. This is this is right on yeah, his doorstep. Yeah, yeah, he's fired up. He's he's gonna he's gonna absolutely crush it. I'd love to see it. Yeah, unless Christian Blumenfeld sprints ten k. Yeah, we'll see. Um, All right, U.S. U.S. men: Morgan Pearson making his return, Matt McElroy, Seth Ryder, and Chase McQueen. So we have two young guys along with Morgan Pearson and Matt McElroy. We've also got Hayden Wild emerging from New Zealand, I think, after almost a year and a half here. He was in the podium yeah, at the test him, event, so... I'd put him up there as far as having probably a pretty good race. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I just, I've just i got no idea what's going on with the men and how the U.S. is going to make their selection. Um, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, if Matt McElroy goes fourth here or... I think he's podiumed here in the past. Like, what does that actually? What does that actually mean for his um, for his Tokyo ticket? So, I think you know, I would imagine if Matt has one more good one, it's going to be tough to not bring him up, bring him to Tokyo. I would agree. I think he's nearly got it in the bag here. And um, interesting, you know, big travel for Morgan. So, you know, we'll good on him. Interesting, interesting that he went and is deciding to race in Leeds. But there's just not a lot of races, so you kind of just got to do it. I I think we got to move into hot takes because this first one that you got on the list, guys, is like, I'm still scratching my head from the email I got this morning. Oh, yeah. What? what? Clash. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I mean... Clash. So the new uh, Challenge North America is rebranded to Clash. Why? Do we know why? Because it appeals to your American sense of advertising. It's dramatic. It's they can put a big logo and a banner on it and call it Clash. Is that no? Is that not right? It's like there was so much momentum with that with the brand. I think there has to be a, a larger story there. Nobody was asking for it to change names. But it, it, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on and saying that there might have been something that happened between North America and Challenge Family. Interesting, but it, it quite clearly laid out about racing circuits. They added more races as well. So Watkins Glen is on on the charts for next year as well as Atlanta. <sighs> I'm just like you guys. I'm, I'm I'm at a loss. But it's still on Challenge's site, so it's like they're still partnering together. They're just rebranding yeah. Challenge North America almost. Yeah. Talbot, and do you know anything, Talbot? Uh, I should probably keep my mouth shut, but I think uh, that racing on a track is pretty fun. I think it probably favors if you did an ITU race. I don't see a lot of these. 
I would guess from the race organization they saw how successful Daytona was at the end of a pandemic with every athlete and their dog showing up. I think they expect that for every track race in the future and it's not going to turn out that way. I couldn't agree more. I'll leave it at that. couldn't agree more. I don't think it's as fun for the athletes as it is for the fans. And I don't think it suits athletes evenly so you won't see every name tipping up every time. Am, am I saying it can't be successful? No. I just think that they had an incredible race analytically and viewership-wise. They were able to prove all these numbers, but I don't know if we will see that again. Yeah. All right. Biggest... Unless you put a million-dollar prize purse at all the races, this is something you could see, but to come right out the gate and be like, Daytona's offering a $100,000 prize purse. Don't all say right. it happened. Biggest surprise over the weekend. And how putting class on. All right, Mark, you and I are you are you and I are lined up there. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. Chelsea, biggest surprise from the weekend. You were surprised oh, by gloves oh, as I well. I have to think of a surprise. I see what you're saying. I don't even remember. I anything. got a surprise. Biggest surprise for me was probably Matt McElroy coming fifth at. Uh, Argentina. Yeah. Big, big result for him. Yeah. Big result for him. Yeah. Especially him. going against all the other Americans. He was top American. I'm I'm on all aboard the Matt McElroy train because I'm on. He biked really well too. I think everyone thinks he's just a run man, but he was impressive on the bike and I think showed yeah, that he deserves the, an Olympic spot in my opinion. Yeah, and, the, and that course looked really hard. I mean, the hill looked really hard. They're doing 80k plus on the descent. Um, not for the faint of heart. So, yeah. Hats off to him. Uh, my biggest surprise? Yeah. Uh, that I missed two flights when I was trying to fly home yesterday. It was pretty bad. I thought Ooh. you drove. I drove from Tucson to Phoenix to make another flight. Oh my god. It was a long day of travel. Alright. Another thing on. Iron Challenge announces, well PTO, Phil Liggett, the voice of the Tour de France to commentate the Collins Cup. I have very mixed emotions on this. Oh, next. Pat. Next. Oh, everyone, why are we going next? We need to give our opinions. Because, because here's the thing. I don't. I certainly don't want to talk about Collins Cup. And I really don't want to talk about Phil Liggett. So <laughs> I'm just like, you kind of combine two things I just don't care about. So. Does he know anything that, about triathlon? He doesn't know anything about cycling. He's been commentating on him for 30 years. I mean, you guys. He's... <laughs> Him trying to explain the Collins Cup? Are you kidding me? I, I'm so glad, Pat, you said it so I didn't have to. I couldn't, for the love of God, can we not find someone that knows something about triathlon that's passionate about it that wants to commentate on it? I mean, come on. I think Belinda does an incredible job, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Give like, her a partner that knows something. It, come on. Yeah. So. This I, is your chance, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cracked. I, I cracked. Well, you guys sent me that this morning on the text, and I just like I'm like, oh gosh, if I how do I how do I delete this thread? Um, All right, what's the next one? Uh, looks like Chelsea added this uh, this little blurb in here to throw some more shade, further shade at Pat Lemieux. Two mega domestique fails in the last two weeks. I don't know if are we still domestique fans? I don't know between Bishop falling over on his bike at two k's an hour after hitting Alistair's wheel. And then the week before, Tyler, can- Canada, gets a flat, and Matt Sharp, his domestique, literally standing next to the flat tire wheel station, waiting for the guy. So those two weeks in a row, you put in a domestique and those things happen. Surely it's not a good idea. It's never a good idea. I'm completely I did hear, though, that there are two pretty big-name people, I don't think I can say it right now, um, who will have domestiques in Tokyo both in the men's race so people are doing it but wait 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 why can't you tell i don't know if it's i'm i don't want to get in trouble but can you tell us what countries they are a little bit obvious if i tell you (laughs) i mean look it's no secret i think miss lachuk's gonna have a domestique that's i I don't know if that's one you can yeah that's 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 three that's one i thought we all knew that makes it three now okay wow okay i mean 
I'm assuming there's still, there's still a world where Australia looks. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> France and Australia, I'll guess those two. That's pretty good yeah. guesses. Yeah. yeah. Wow, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I think these are, there was a world where I've been encouraging athletes in that domestique role. Um, I know Ben Knut wants to come on here and talk about the reality for him. I think we've got to have him on in future episodes and say, you know, what what's that going to look like? Um, you know. I, when should we bring him on? Next I week? I know a time that a domestique work. 2018 World Championship. Andy Dreitz. Just dropping controversial bombs. Uh, whatever. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, yeah. I mean, they do. No, I mean, they. They do. work in long distance. They they work in uh, they work in all distances. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, the bishop. I mean, Chelsea. You've got some like that awesome examples of the failures of it to, to lean on. So tough to argue with you in these last two weeks. But you know, it's something that that uh, in a previous life that we advocated for really hard and. Um, you know, I don't know. They do impact the race. Absolutely. I don't disagree with that. I just think it's, yeah, it's situational for sure. And every, with, that, with what every country has to work with and how many athletes and what athletes they have. I mean, France certainly has three, they've selected three boys that are, could all podium the race. So, yeah. Amazing. All right. All right, everyone. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, this is Talbot speaking. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We're basically doing this to raise awareness for the professional athletes. Also, maybe one day we could push something like a 20-meter draft rule or uh, no domestiques in ITU or bigger prize purses and races. But the best way for us to grow is if you like something in this podcast, maybe share it with your training partners. Uh, tune in every week. And please share like our uh, Instagram page or just send us a message of appreciation because the more you guys tune in the more we get inspired yeah and I thanks just wanna, a lot for listening and I, and I want to say thank you because I, I got a lot of dms uh, i got the the glove photos that were huge um so thank you very much for getting those sent and then i just got you know a lot of people giving their opinions as well on domestiques you know just personally um dming me on instagram so thank you guys